If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Now, on Palmer. On Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. This is on Palmer. Hour two from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studio downtown in the capital city. Hunt Palmer here with you. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We're getting closer to the weekend now. Inching towards the end of Thursday. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. That is for sure. SEC basketball last night, there were three games. Alabama was at Arkansas, Missouri was at A&M, and Mississippi State was at Georgia. I gave my picks yesterday if you were listening to the show. Uh, I wanted to kind of dive into some of those games, more so just to briefly touch on Alabama, who LSU will play coming up on Saturday in Coleman Coliseum. Tied 14-2 and on the season. They're 4-0 in league play after their win last night, 84-69. Um, it's a legit top-five team and a legitimate national championship contender to this point. It was really impressive to watch them go into Bud Walton last night against an Arkansas team that was 1-2 and in the league. I wouldn't say back against the wall, but just things have not gone great for them since they lost Trevin Brazil. And we know that Nick Smith has not been out there, and there's some real doubt that he's going to play at all. But it's Bud Walton. They've still got some talent. That can be a really difficult place to go in there and win. And Alabama, they just, they've got such an identity. And they're really talented. They're well-coached. And I can't encapsulate it really any better than they had a back-and-forth first half with Arkansas, and they went to the break tied at 33. And Bama built a lead early in the first, it's the second half. And Arkansas chipped away at it and kind of made a little bit of a push. And they cut it to two at 65-63 Alabama with four minutes and 55 seconds to go. I'm thinking, all right, let me settle in. This is going to be a heck of a finish here at Bud Walton. Arkansas is pushing at them. It's a little bit chippy out there. The home crowd's into it. I think Arkansas has got a chance to finish this thing off. Bama comes down, boom, Noah Clowney, 6'10", hits a three from the corner. Arkansas turns it over, Brandon Miller comes off a screen, bam, hits a three. Arkansas goes down, turn it over, Brandon Miller caught it, you knew it was going up immediately, bam, hits a three in 43 seconds. They hit three threes, forced a couple of turnovers, and ballooned that lead from 2 to 11, and it was cooked. And that's, it's one thing to coach guys to shoot a lot of threes. It's another thing to have enough talent on your roster where you've got two guys 6'9 plus who hit three threes in 45 seconds. And Nate Oates coaches them. Trust me, I don't like Nate Oates at all. But he coaches them to shoot and be aggressive. And when you do that, guys respond to it. They shoot confidently. And then when you've got a top five pick and Miller on your team, he's just going to do his own thing. But they scored 84 points at Bud Walton, and they at the same time held Arkansas to 69. 
Arkansas went 2 of 10 from three-point range. This continues to be a talking point. They don't overextend themselves from two. They just never make any of them. And you just can't win in basketball, really, period, at this point, if you can't stretch the floor. And they can't. And they've lost their postman. And they've lost their best, most skilled offensive player. Anthony Black got in foul trouble. He's the point guard for Arkansas. He goes 2 of 12 from the floor, 1 of 5 from free throws. That's no good. He's really talented. He's really long. He's quick. He's 6'7". He's just not a good scorer at this point. And to further what talent Alabama has, they did this with Brandon Miller not taking a shot in the first 18 minutes of the game. Not not scoring. He didn't take a shot. Mark Sears, who I'll talk about tomorrow, had 26 points on the road. He's a transfer from Ohio. He was in the PMAC last year, that Ohio team that was good. He went 10 of 10 from the free throw line, and, and he was the guy who did most of the heavy lifting. Arkansas is in trouble. Eric Musselman went to the press conference last night. I think some people will say he's making excuses or they won't like the quote or whatever the case may be. I think he's telling the truth, and I believe him. I don't pull for his team either, but he goes to the post-game press conference and says, look, we are not very good on offense. It's not an opinion, it's a fact. And we built our team around two guys that aren't here, so we're going to have to change some things. And some people say, oh, he's blaming injuries. Well, he's just telling you that was supposed to be his two-guard and his five-man, and they're not there. So... Things are a little different, but that Arkansas team is still a nice win for LSU to get it here in Baton Rouge. Does it look quite as good as it did then? No, but it's still a nice win. But Arkansas, in a bigger picture, they've got issues this year, and I don't know if they're going to get fixed. Mississippi State and Georgia played last night, uh, furthered the narrative, which is becoming more and more true. Mississippi State cannot score. They... Won a lot of games in non-conference because they put the vice grip on people and, and they played great defense, and they continue to do that. But they cannot score. They scored 50 points against Georgia. 50. You play Tennessee and you don't break 50. Okay, this is Georgia. you got to go score some points. You know what would really help Mississippi State? If their five-man, the most accomplished player on their team, Tolu Smith, didn't go 3 of 11 on free throws. Mississippi State for the game was 7 of 22 from the free throw line. Is this 7th grade? 7 of 22 on free throws. That's tough. That's missing 15 free throws and losing by 8 on the road. Mississippi State offensively real, real tough to watch. And then the last game, which I whiffed so hard on my picks. I told you, you know, I know A&M plays hard. They're a pretty good defensive team, and Missouri is fun on offense. I, I like Missouri to go down there and get it done. I'm catching four points there. I'll, I'll take that. Huh. They lost by 18. A&M was up 43-21 to 21 at the half. They lost 43 points to A&M in the first half. But Missouri came out fired in the second half, and they hit some shots and, and got it to reasonably respectable. And then AM separated again. All five AM starters were in double figures. They shot 32 free throws. You remember my preview of that AM game last week? I said, look, they get to the free throw line so much. LSU actually didn't allow them to get to the free throw line too often. But 
They shot 32 free throws. They were 24 of 32, 24 makes, and Missouri only shot 21. That's the old basketball axiom, make more free throws than they attempt. A&M pulled that off. I know that there's a lot of free throws, so it makes a little bit of a disparity, but Missouri outshot Texas A&M 59-45. They took 14 more shots. I know the free throw disparity. I get it. But Missouri only turned it over nine times. They just couldn't make shots. They shot 36%. goes back to make or miss sport. LSU got some shots in College Station. Didn't make them. LSU got some shots in the game on Tuesday night. They make them. KJ one for nine. Miller one for eight. Juice Hill one for six. Like, you got to make some shots. And Missouri got a lot of shots, didn't turn it over. They just didn't make shots. So last night, Bama beats Arkansas 84-69. A&M beats Missouri 82-64. And Georgia beats Missouri 58-50. Looking at a brief clip at the uh, of the SEC standings as we're through a couple of weeks now of Southeastern Conference play. Got a couple teams sitting there at the top unbeaten. Of course, Alabama yet to lose. Tennessee is 4-0. And Texas A&M joins them at 3-0. The one-loss teams right now, Auburn and Georgia. Everyone else is at 500 or worse at this point in league play. So again, I think um, you start to talk about Ole Miss, not very good. State cannot score. Arkansas has got serious offensive problems. So does LSU. I'm going to get into Kentucky's issues in the next segment. I promise you it's not just, oh, they're kind of losing. Cal's in, no, they got, Kyle Tucker's mailbag was incredible yesterday. I'm going to read you some of the excerpts from it. South Carolina stinks. Vanderbilt stinks. Florida's not exactly great. Missouri didn't look very good last night. I don't know about Georgia. I mean, I just rattled off 10 teams that I don't know how good they are. The top's really good. Bama and Tennessee are national title type contenders. I like Bama more than Tennessee because I trust them on both sides of the floor more than I trust Tennessee on offense. But there are winnable games in this league. I didn't even mention Texas A&M, who's not exactly a world beater, even though they're 4-0. So uh, it's 3-0 in league play. Sorry. So that's the SEC is not exactly uh, absolutely a gauntlet as we thought it was. Just the stretch LSU's in right now is not a lot of fun because it involves Alabama and Tennessee. So continue. We'll talk uh, LSU and Bama tomorrow. All right, so I've teased this a couple times. Uh, I believe that this market is not a massive basketball market. I think if LSU gets very, very good, yeah, we would love to talk about it, love to cheer the team, but year in, year out, it's not. However, the SEC is is an important, important deal around here, and the Kentucky basketball coach and that program are a big deal in this league. I read some things reported by Kyle uh, Tucker this morning that really opened my eyes to what's going on in Lexington. I'll kind of lay some of that out coming up next. Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. LWCC is Louisiana loyal. They're elevating and celebrating champions of Louisiana each and every day here on the Hunt Palmer Show. All January long, we've been telling you about Hunters for the Hungry. It's a nonprofit that was founded by a group of local hunters to share the game and fish that they harvest every year with the needy. They started in 1994, and over time, they've partnered with all five major food banks here in Louisiana. Did you know that one deer can provide 240 meals? 240 meals and hunters for the hungry does their best to take what is very, very popular and very, very, um, very huge in our economy. That is hunting and fishing to help some of the needy. They do something like the, uh, the freshly harvested game program that allows hunters to harvest a deer, drop it at one of the partner processors around the state. That processor is going to take care of the handling and the preparation and packaging, and then drop off that bounty at a community food bank or a shelter. And there's no cost to the hunter for this. It's one of the great things that Hunters for the Hungry does. That's why they're a champion of Louisiana. If you know a nonprofit, if you know a person who is a champion of our great state that should be elevated, that should be celebrated, 
we want to do it. Go to lwcc.com backslash champions, lwcc.com backslash champions, and nominate them to be a champion of Louisiana like Hunters for the Hungry. Hunters for the Hungry, our champion of Louisiana, presented by LWCC. Listening to Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. So if you, you listen fairly uh, frequently, you know that over the last two weeks I've talked about the Kentucky basketball program kind of slipping a little bit. And the Natives are a little restless up there, and that's understandable, and that's not a, a massive news story. When Kentucky loses basketball games, their fans don't like it, and that's what's going on right now. It's not unlike Alabama football. It's not unlike LSU baseball. It's, it's, it is... The poster child for the league in that sport and one of the strongest brands in the country. And right now, it's just not quite where they want it to be. This team got absolutely embarrassed by Gonzaga, got absolutely embarrassed by Alabama, got beat by South Carolina in Rupp, who might be the worst team in the league. It's a little cranky this year. Last year, they were a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. They lost to St. Peter's. They lost to Evansville in Rupp in the very recent past. In 2021, they were 9-16 and 16 on the season, the worst in Kentucky history. They have not been to the Final Four since 2015. That is not the standard. Now, we all know that. That's, all re- that's right in front of our eyes. You see them lose, you understand that's unacceptable. But there's more that goes into this story. Kyle Tucker, who incidentally is one of two people I think who's ever blocked me on Twitter that I knew about. Um, he's now off Twitter, so I guess I'm not blocked anymore. But he kept making comments about Will Wade and his damn strong offer whenever else you would lose. And I just quote tweeted it and said, I can't believe John Calipari's beat writer feels like he needs to be doing this after every LSU loss. He apparently didn't like that, so he blocked me. That's his prerogative. I'm sure he's a fine guy. I don't have any beef with him, but you can't be hypocritical and praise Kentucky's program with John Calipari who has banners ripped out of the rafters routinely at different stops around the country. But Kyle Tucker wrote a mailbag. Kyle Tucker is a capital J journalist. He is not some wacko with a blog. He's not some fan like me. He's a journalist who is covering Kentucky. He has sources. He's not going to write things that he doesn't have verified. He's, he's got his hand on the pulse of that and has for a decade. So he wrote a mailbag that brought some things to life that have really kind of picked up some steam on Twitter. So... John Calipari got a quote-unquote lifetime contract. It continues to roll over, and at this point, they're not going to fire John Calipari. If they did, based on the language of that contract, the number after this year would be $39.75 million. That's not necessarily something that I think is on the horizon. However, there are some things in this mailbag that are not really common knowledge until now. One, he reports that John Calipari has privately raised $30 million, most of which is from his former players who are in the NBA, to build a new practice facility. Mitch Barnhart, the athletic director, said no. He's not happy about that. Clearly, he told Kyle Tucker that, and it's been floated. So now everybody's going, well, we got this money. Why don't we build the practice facility? Well, It doesn't appear that Cal 
and Mitch Barnhart are on great terms. They rarely speak, according to Tucker. Barnhart does not go to very many games anymore and has not been to a practice in years, apparently. That used to be a pretty frequent occurrence. 80s don't have to go to practice. Scott Woodward likes to go to practice of football. He's usually there. But you don't have to, but it's a pretty big deal. And Mitch Barnhart, I think, during the early years of Calipari, early years of Barnhart being there, he would go. He doesn't anymore. Now, there was a dust-up this summer. You'll remember this. Cal said, we're a basketball school. That was not necessarily met with wonderful reaction up in Lexington by some people specifically in the football department. Now, John Calipari, you can take him or you can leave him. I think he's a pretty likable dude on the surface. Now, you put the big blue K on, and I get it. There's a little bit of brashness, a little bit of arrogance that goes with it, but... I I don't dislike the guy. I don't necessarily think he's a wonderful X and O basketball coach. I think he did it by recruiting, which is one way to do it in college basketball. But I think he's a reasonable guy. I think he reads the room, and I think he's pretty well-spoken and says most of the right things. He realized he should not have said, we're a basketball school. He wanted to apologize. Mitch Barnhart said, no, sit down, be quiet. And then Mitch Barnhart went to have press conference with Mark Stoops and basically ripped Calipari for an hour. And you can say, well, I don't know how much that's true. Well, Matt Jones, who's very plugged into Kentucky and is a fan, he calls Kentucky we, backed it up on Twitter. They said, yeah, that's true. Cal said it, realized he shouldn't have said it, wanted to apologize. Barnhart said no. So clearly this is an icy relationship between the athletic director and the basketball coach. One part of this to me, how? How can we have such massive egos that we allow the head of the athletic department and the most important program in the athletic department to have a fractured relationship? Why can't we sit down like two reasonably intelligent adults and just bury this hatchet? Clearly that's not happening. So the Texas job's open. You want to look at that, John Calipari. Does Kentucky want to just bite the bullet and get rid of him? Well, it's not just the $39.75 million you would forfeit as a buyout if you did move on from John Calipari, whose results are not very good over the last five years. However, if you did that with the buyout, you'd also lose this signing class. Number one player in the nation. Number two player in the nation. Number five player in the nation. Number nine player in the nation. That's four of the top nine. And the number 30 player in the nation. It is thought of as potentially the highest rated signing class in college basketball history. And if you fire him or he goes to Texas, guess who's going to Texas? All of them. Do you consider that when you're looking at the basketball program? I don't know. But it appears that Cal got his fastball back. You know, he was getting all the big big name guys. He was getting Anthony Davis and Derrick Rose and John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and Eric Bledsoe and the the Harrison twins and I think I mentioned Carl Anthony Towns and like he's getting the blue chip guys, Devin Booker and Tyler Eulis. And then it kind of slowed down there. Duke jumped into the one and done game. And you would think that Zion and Brandon Ingram, 
Jalil Okafor. Those are the guys that Cal was getting, and then kind of Duke swept in and got him. And so Cal started relying on some more transfers. That looked pretty good last year. They were two seed, and they lost to St. Peter's. But it, it looks like he got his fastball back with recruiting, and he, he's got this monster class coming in. Does that matter? It's fascinating to me that Kentucky's athletic director would allow a relationship with their basketball coach to go this far sour, where he's silencing him on, on apologies, he's ixnaying practice facilities, they're not speaking, he's not going to games. That should not happen. And these guys should sit in the room and bury the hatchet, in my opinion. But you allow Kentucky fans to kind of look around and go, what would, should we hire? Nate Oates. Would Brad Stevens come take this job? It's Kentucky. It's how we feel when the baseball job comes open. Who, who, we can take whoever we want. I had an interaction with a, a Tennessee friend of mine right after the LSU Super Regional when they lost Tennessee and Maneri was gone. He said, please don't take our coach. I said, we determine who your coach is, not you. I don't even know if that was true, but it felt cool to say it. Like, if we offer the job, and it's the Tennessee job or the LSU job, we win. And Kentucky feels that way, I'm sure, about their basketball coach. Just about anybody. If we decide that's our guy, that's our guy. And Calipari was the perfect Kentucky fit for 10 years. Big, brash, bold, recruiting, slick back hair, the suit with the blue tie, winning lots of games, at the NBA draft every year, press conference sound bites. He was... The perfect fit. It doesn't feel like that anymore. And I didn't realize that all of this was going on on the underneath as well. That ship will not sail. It will sink if they don't get a little bit better aligned. Brian Kelly term, alignment. But I found it fascinating. Things iffy for the Big Blue Nation right now with John Calipari. I want to remind you that uh, former LSU Tigers Aaron and Austin Nola for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. are going to be doing the 2023 Strikeout ALS Bowling event. The Nola Brothers teaming up once again to help raise critical funds and awareness for the fight against ALS. This year's Strikeout ALS is going to be held at Red Stick Social a week from today, Thursday, January the 19th, from 5 to 10 p.m. You can purchase tickets at als.org backslash strikeoutals. I'll be there knocking some pins down if you'd like to be there as well. Love you to go to als.org backslash strikeoutals to buy tickets for, uh, for Strikeout ALS with Aaron and Austin Nola. We will take a timeout, come back, some transfer portal news for LSU. Uh, one guy with the program headed out. One guy that LSU had targeted and brought in for a visit has decided where he's going to go. I'll tell you all about that next on the Hunt Palmer Show. Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Bayou Ford. Check out the website, bayouford.com. Whether you're looking for the F-150, Explorer Expedition, maybe the Focus, the Edge, Maybe it's a Mustang for you or the new Broncos. Go to BayouFord.com and check out their inventory. They update that site so frequently as inventory comes in. They update it as it moves out. They update it, all the deals, all the specials, 
are right there, and they've always got great ones over at Bayou Ford. They don't have exactly what you want. Call Ben Gagne and the team at Bayou Ford and say, hey, I want to customize a vehicle. This is what I'm thinking. They will do it for you, and they can turn that car around in 60 to 90 days. That Bayou to you special, that's for the drivers. Once you order that car and it comes in, you don't have to go pick it up at the dealership. They will bring the car and all the paperwork right to your front door. Come on in, sign it all. They're out the door, and you've got that brand-new car sitting in your driveway. Every new purchase, one million-mile powertrain warranty over there at Bayou Ford. It's all about convenience at Bayou Ford. They do such a wonderful job. Proud to be sponsors here at the Hunt Palmer Show. Bayou Ford, we're going to do right by you. This is Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Some news out of the transfer portal regarding LSU football earlier today. Uh, Edge player Xavier Carter has decided to enter his name into the transfer portal. Uh, That's a guy who we've mentioned many times as filling in on the edge because you understand that B.J. Ojolari and Ali Gay were moving on and then you lost Desmond Little and the affections kind of continued to come. You still got Quincy Wiggins there. Um, but Xavier Carter is a guy that we thought you would have. You still got Savion Jones there, but Xavier Carter is a guy you thought you would have, but it appears he's going to move on into the transfer portal. That's a guy that played some in the bowl game and I think would have been in line to play some more uh, on this team. I realize that you've brought in some guys you think are going to fit the edge, like like Swenson, and, and so you know it's not free playing time for, for everybody, but I feel like Xavier Carter would have played on this coming up team, but it doesn't appear... That's going to be to happen, so he uh, he transfers out. Justin Rogers is a guy from Kentucky that we have talked a lot about on this show. Uh, he's a guy that came in for a visit to LSU, and he is going to head to Auburn. Uh, came on a visit to LSU. This is a guy who was a former five-star prospect and uh, played for Kentucky over the last couple of years, but he's going to move on, and he's going to head to Auburn. Now, look, I take this for what it's worth because I've Twitter is... Not always real life, and I've told you that Matt Jones is very much like me, just a, a fan that's made a, a living out of some radio up there at Kentucky, and he said, this is a huge, this is an NIL deal. Kentucky's got to get with it. I don't know if he only went for the NIL money or not. I'm not really concerned with if he went in the NIL money or not, um, but he is going to go to Auburn. So it sounds like Auburn does, Rodgers or not, have a pretty solid war chest put together for name, image, and likeness stuff, and Rogers is going to take them up on that. Now, one thing I wanted to, uh, to look at with the Walker Howard news of the day, if you missed my thoughts on Walker Howard, they led the show today, so if you uh, want to catch it on demand, you certainly can. But uh, with Walker Howard signing, I wanted to go back and look at the last two signing classes because I caught a little bit of heat, not like he's wrong or it was more like, hey, this is a happy day. Why would you throw ice water on it in a way? And it wasn't really my intention on signing day. I just told you what I felt. And what I felt was half these guys are never going to help. That's just the way it goes. And if you look back at the last two signing classes, I mean, look at the 2021 signing class. You signed twenty, the one from two years ago that just played their first year. Just played their second year. I'm sorry. Look, just played their second year. This would be third year players entering next year. You signed 23. Nine of them are gone after two years. It means you still got 14, but nine are gone. 
Then you look at the 2020 class that you signed right after the national championship. You signed 22 high school players in that class. Care to guess how many are coming back for their fourth year of the 22 they signed? Jacoby and Guillory and Marlon Martinez. Two. 20 are gone. Now you've had some really good players in that class. Jacoby and uh, Jaquelin Roy, BGO Jalari, guys that played a ton and went on to the NFL. So I'm not suggesting they didn't help at all. But if you look at next season's football roster and you look at in a foreign, not foreign, a, a, a bygone era of 10 years ago, and I told you that the team that you're going to take the field with that is guys that are supposed to be in their fourth year or their third year with the program, that should be the bulk of your team. Fourth-year players and third-year players should be taking the lion's share of it. That was 45 players that you signed. There are 14 left. 45 that you signed. There are 14 left. 31. Gone. Some draft that helped. So I'm not suggesting they're... they're, flip, they're but that would have never been sustainable 10 years ago. And you know that, like you understand how the game has changed, but I think when you put numbers to things, they become more impactful. And when I tell you that 22 guys signed in 2020 and they're almost all gone, that is kind of jarring to me. I mean, you can run through the names and some of them you'd be like, oh yeah, good player. And some of them you'd be like, well, I mean, I forgot I forgot that guy even existed. But that's like the nature of the sport now is that you, you celebrate these commitments and you celebrate the recruiting process and you pay attention to it and you lock in, but you understand that it's, it's a good thing to get a bunch of high school players to jump in and decide they want to be part of your program. But man, how quickly are they going to jump out the door? <laughs> Probably in most cases, pretty quick. I'll go to the 2020 class that LSU signed. These guys would be entering their fourth year. And great players don't stay four years, but a lot of players in a bygone era did stay for four years. Eric Gilbert, didn't help, gone. Eli Ricks, stayed two years, gone. Kayshawn, went to the league, gone. Jaqueline, went to the league, gone. Philip Webb, transferred out. Jordan Tolles, transferred out. Ojolari, went to the league, good. Jacoby and Guillory, one of the guys back. Antoine Sampa, gone. Marcus Dumerville, gone. Trey Bradford, gone. Josh White, gone. Max Johnson, gone. Eric Taylor, I don't even remember Eric Taylor, he's gone. Dwight McLaughlin, transferred to Arkansas. Coy Moore, Auburn. Marlon Martinez, gone. Alex Adams, gone. Cole Taylor, gone. Ali Gay, gone. Xavier Hill, gone. TJ Finley, gone. These would be your fourth-year players. These would be your third-year players. This would be the backbone of your team. Derek Davis, gone. Deion Smith, gone. Landon Jackson, gone. Corey Kiner, gone. Bryce Langston, hadn't seen him yet. Demarius McGee, Gone. Greg Penn, starter on your team. Xavier Carter, gone. Jack Besh, gone. 
Buck Strong, gone. Jalen Sheed was here for like five minutes, gone. Peyton Todd's a punter. Like, it's, it happens quick. And I think, again, it, the point of the discussion is not to say, hey, uh, did you know that, that like guys transfer out and like you got to go to the transfer portal and like fill in the holes? Like, yeah, you you know that. But when you put names to it and numbers to it, it's like, goodness gracious. So, again, signing day, I'm fired up to, to pull some guys in, but inevitably, half gone? More? Could be. So, but, but just sign as many guys as you can at high school. You don't have to be judicious with your scholarships at this point. Just get as many guys in the boat as you can. When they when people leave, fill it back in. Never-ending battle with the transfer portal. And uh, LSU lost a couple of battles today. Xavier Carter from the program has decided to transfer out. And Justin Rogers, a guy they were very, very much in on, has decided he is not going to uh, come to LSU. He is instead headed to the Plains of Auburn. But they're not done. They're still hosting visitors. They're still talking to guys. And the the rules, for those that, that don't know, you got a week. You got until the end of next week to get in the transfer portal. Once you're in, you can you can go wherever you want, whenever you want. But you cannot get in the transfer portal after the end of next week if you're not already in. Now, to wrap this thing up, there have been some reports. I cannot personally vouch for it. But there have been some reports that Garrett Nussmeyer is 100% going to stay at LSU. I certainly hope that's the case. You need that to be the case. You cannot go into next season with just Jaden Daniels and Ricky Collins is a freshman. I don't anticipate they would do that, but I believe that Garrett Nussmeyer is going to stay, and I think that was a huge piece of Walker Howard's decision to go. I don't think Walker Howard was likely very unhappy here or hated it or was looking for the first escape route. I think he talked to Garrett Nussmeyer and said, yeah, I'm going to stay, and went, okay, that's probably it for me. That's my guess. And so I think that, uh, that LSU will have those two guys and Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer moving into next year. There's your transfer portal Talk of the day. When we come back, we will play some Take It or Leave It, and we will get on down the road. Come back with us on the Hunt Palmer Show. Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Love telling you about FanDuel football fans. You can call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. When you bet the same game parlays in the NFL now through January the 16th, all customers are going to get $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you got to do is place a total of $20 or more on a same-game parlay or a same-game parlay plus during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you can get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. You can bet on quarterback passing yards, wide receivers to score a touchdown, wide receiver receiving yards. You can build your own same-game parlay or choose one of the popular same-game parlays that's pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. Sign it up with the promo code 1045ESPN. Again, that's promo code 1045ESPN. Must be 21 and present in Louisiana. Bonus issues and all-trouble free bets. Expires seven days after receipt. Max free bet $100. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you're somebody who knows a gaming problem wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. You're 
You're listening to Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. More primetime golf tonight. The Sony from Wai'alai Country Club down there in Hawaii. I think the telecast starts at 7, maybe 6. I'll be locked in. Can't wait. Picked Harris English this week in my fantasy golf. I know y'all are fired up about that. All right, let's play some take it or leave it, Taylor Sharp. Yeah, let's do it. Mississippi State is hiring Appy State offensive coordinator Kevin Barbe to be its new OC. Take it or leave it. I'll take it, sure. I'll uh, Texas it. State beat uh, beat Texas A&M. Sounds like a good plan for me. Uh, I I just I was curious if if Arnett was gonna go air raid or not. You obviously have a team that was recruited to that. You've got Will Rogers, a quarterback who's comfortable in that, and he decided not to. There are a lot of guys who are disciples and and, and members of that coaching tree that could come in and do it. And uh, it looks like he's going to go, not necessarily traditional per se, but a, a not not a big time air raid offense. And so I'm curious what Will Rogers thinks of that. Um, but I, I think he did a pretty good job at Appalachian State, and I, I just I'm more interested not in the name of the coach but in the style of the coach and this is not going to be an air raid deal so I found that found that pretty interesting Florida's five-star quarterback signee Jalen Rashada is asking for his national letter of intent to be released reportedly due to an NIL deal falling through take it or leave it this one's tough um I guess I'll take it uh, I'll take it it's he has been very open to his credit that NIL deals are very important to him. We talked about the story in The Athletic two weeks ago where they interviewed all these Under Armour American kids and none of them said it was the most important thing. They said they're looking for development, looking to get to the league, that's where the money is, looking for a coach that I'm comfortable with, all that kind of stuff. Rashada has kind of said, it's a name, image, and likeness thing for me. And apparently, after he signed, he had some things that were supposed to happen that have not. I can't tell you what they are, the specifics of them. Not even 100% sure that it's true, but that's what it sounds like is being being reported over there. And I just... It's tough for me to feel like the program's in really good hands if I know that the quarterback is only there for the check. And it feels like Rashada is that way when he commits to one place, Miami, and then commits a different place to Florida signs the letter of intent, and then says, wait a second, no. I've never seen any tape on the kid. He's a five-star. Miami wants him. Florida wants him. He's probably a heck of a player. This feels like you may have some issues with the transfer portal right out of the chute, with team. It just doesn't feel like the guy I want with the keys to the offense. That's just the way it feels to me. It just... Again, quarterbacks were getting paid previous to all of this. The transfer has never been easier, and he's trying to get out of his national letter of intent. I'm not wild about this one at all, and Florida's got some issues. It's It's been a bit of a bumpy run in recruiting. Florida State seems to have their feet on the ground. Miami's spending a bunch of money. Now they bring in the face of their recruiting class, and he wants out three weeks later. I don't love what's going on at Florida. Billy may get it rolling, but right now it's a little bit bumpy. Tulane coach Willie Fritz was asked what he does to relax. He responded, well, sit by the pool and drink a couple natty lights. <laughs> coach Willie Fritz and his natty lights, take it or leave it. I got to leave this. Um, let's see if – I know Tulane's private, so we'll see if his salary is public. Yeah, he uh, couldn't have found a better beer. Yeah, $2.5 for Willie, and he's drinking natty lights. Now listen, 
I, I put down a few natty lights in my day back in, in college. You could get you could get sixteen no, you get twenty four sixteen ounce natty lights for eight bucks when I was a freshman. So that was a, a worthwhile investment for a, a young college person. When you're making two point five million dollars as the head coach at Tulane, I might look into a, a beer that may be a little bit more palatable. Look, I've had a few natties in my day. If you toss me a freezing cold one right now, I'd probably have it. But there are options out there. There were no options when you were a youngster. Willie's got options. Plus, you're a Cotton Bowl champion. Just go into one of the bars around campus and get him to give you a free beer. If we're worried about you know the finances of things. Certainly, he's not on the train that Natty Light is the most appetizing beer out there. I, it, maybe he is. More power to him, but I feel like he could he could look elsewhere. The Padres have agreed to terms with 42-year-old slugger Nelson Cruz on a one-year, $1 million contract. Take it or leave it. Got to take this. I'll if take it. can't hit a lick, you just don't worry about it. It's a million bucks. How much are they paying Machado and Tatis? I mean, they're paying a bajillion dollars to those guys. So a million dollars for Nelly Cruz is, is nothing. Now, he can't play defense, and he's old as dirt, but he can hit a little bit and hit for some power. By the way, if you're if you're a listener to this show and you come to Plucker's Trivia on Tuesday nights and there's a baseball question about an active hitter or even just hitting in general with longevity and number ac- accumulation, Nelly Cruz, never a bad trivia guess. He's been around a long time and he's hit a lot of tanks. So I would advise uh, I would advise going with Nelson Cruz on a trivia answer and I would advise the Padres, yeah, spend a million dollars on him. That's free. That's a free player. In this world, we're talking about the Saints needing a bunch of young, cheap players. This isn't a young, cheap player, but it's a cheap one. The Padres don't have a salary cap to worry about. So, yeah, I will take that. That is it for Take It or Leave It today. Um, I'm fired up for tomorrow's show. Going to be a lot of fun. Tony Sukalis comes on with us uh, when we talk Alabama. LSU is headed to Coleman Coliseum coming up on uh, on Saturday afternoon. So we'll get Tony's thoughts on uh, what this team is in Alabama, and we'll also get maybe a football nugget or two from him. Wild Card Weekend running hot from Saturday through Monday. We'll get you prepared for all of that as well. Always a lot of fun to hang out uh, on Friday, so looking forward to tomorrow's show. Uh, on today's show, uh, we started with the Walker Hauer news, and I gave you kind of my thoughts on how this happened, what the reaction has been, what my reaction is, and where I think LSU sits in terms of of their quarterback situation. Um, spoiler alert, I think it's very, very good. Uh, not that Walker Howard left, but the situation they're in, I think, is very, very good. So if you want to hear my thoughts on it, uh, it opened to the show today. Second segment, we talked about NFL uh, Super Bowl odds, and I gave you a couple of teams with longer odds that I think might be worth throwing a few bucks at. Luke Johnson, always great. Talking Saints at 1.30. Uh, we talked everything there could be on the Saints, from Sean Payton landing spots, future of Michael Thomas, future of Cam Jordan, what they do at quarterback, all that stuff. Uh, Luke talked about at 1.30. It was good stuff. I ended the first hour, uh, not in a way that I anticipated when I woke up this morning, but things changed rather quickly, and I gave you a story about how I ended up this morning standing soaking wet in the rain, bleeding with holes in my pants today. So if you want to hear that, you can hear it at the end of hour number one. Hour two, SEC hoops reaction from last night. Kentucky basketball in a world of hurt. We detailed that at uh, 2.15. And then a little LSU transfer portal talk at 2.30. Take it or leave it. Always finishes up the show. So if you want to catch any of that, you can do it on demand. 1045ESPN.com's on demand tab. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get your audio or your video in YouTube's case, you can find us. Uh, um, search for The Hunt Palmer Show. You can... Uh, 
like, subscribe, rate, review. Hey, those of you in the Bayou Ford chat, throw us a like on YouTube. We certainly will appreciate that. That's going to just about do it for us today. One more time, I want to remind you about Strikeout ALS because uh, we got one week until that. So you can join former Tigers Aaron and Austin Nola for the 2023 Strikeout ALS Bowling Event. The Nola brothers are teaming up once again to help raise critical funds and awareness to the fight against ALS. This year's Strikeout ALS is going to be at Red Stick Social Thursday, January the 9th, a week from today from 5 to 10 p.m. My team bowling at 7.30 I'm going to be knocking pins all over the yard. Can't wait. If you want tickets to it, you can purchase those at als.org backslash strikeoutals. All right, that'll do it for us on a Thursday. Jimmy Ott's Game Time is going to come at you from 6 to 8 this evening. Of course, Matt Moscona about to drive you home on After Further Review. Have a wonderful Thursday. I'll be locked into primetime golf. You should do the same. If not, just have a wonderful time. And I will do it at the same time, same place tomorrow, 1 to 3, every every single weekday. It's the Hunt Palmer Show on the Capital City's Leader in Sports Talk, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge.